appreciate this good singing tonight. <clears throat> I'm glad to hear singing that's got a feeling to it. <clears throat> I've been around lots of folks. They just they sing with such poise and they sing with trained voices. But uh, I'm glad that serving the Lord is a feeling way. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> you know if. The only time that I ever felt him was the night that he saved my soul, he'd be just. And if that was the only peace, and if that was the only assurance that he ever gave me, it'd be enough. It'd be enough to carry me through. <clears throat> but I am glad that he speaks to us from time to time. He hasn't left his children in the dark. And uh, <clears throat> you pray for us tonight. You might say, Brother Ethan, why are you preaching a third night? <clears throat> I just say this, that God's got a purpose for everything. And uh, <clears throat> there is times that I've found in this battle, because we are fighting a spiritual battle. Right. You might not believe in the warfare, and if you don't believe in the warfare, it's because you're not in it. Right. <clears throat> but it is a spiritual battle that we fight tonight. And there is times that God gives us rest from our labors for just a little while. <clears throat> and your pastor, and you can agree with me or disagree with me, your pastor deserves some rest for the good stand that He's made, for the love that He showed you. And if God see fit to help me tonight, I've got another thought. Me and Him was up here talking earlier, and uh, I'm just going to trust the Lord tonight and just lean on Him. But uh, I want to be a help to you. If you want to read along with us, we'll be in the 13th chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> The 13th chapter of 2 Corinthians. You pray for us tonight. Uh, just a humble servant. You think as preachers that we know what needs to happen. and I can tell you standing behind this book board, sometimes I'm just as clueless as you are. But there is times that God speaks to us and shows us some things. And boy, I'm glad for His voice. It wouldn't take nothing for the voice of God and the times that He's spoken in my life. I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight. So, 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. <clears throat> Starting at the first verse, it says, This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. <clears throat> Listen to this part. It says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not <clears throat> your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. 
But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, nor that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification, and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. That's all that's on my heart tonight to read. and I got to thinking about... Uh, there's a place over in the 17th chapter of Acts and... It begins to talk about that God is not a God that's been made with wood and God's not a God that's something that could be made with hands but that He has been from everlasting to everlasting. And there's always been men that's made that attempt to put their hands on God and to put an idol out there, something that they can physically see, something that they can physically reach out and touch something that they can grab with their hands that's real so that they can just see and have faith because of what they see. But you know our God is not exactly like that. You know Christ over there told them that blessed are you because you've seen me. He said you've touched me. You've been around me. And He said blessed are they which shall believe and have not seen. And I want to say tonight that I've never seen God at any time. In my own flesh, I've never seen Him with my own eyes. I've not been like Moses and been up on the mountain. I've never seen the hinder parts of God. I've never had that glory fall on me and such change me as far as physically seeing Him. But I'm thankful unto God that God is real enough that He reveals Himself to mankind by His Spirit. God is not absent in our lives and God is not absent from your walk. He is very real and it's very tangible. The Spirit of God. He told His disciples, He said, if I go away, He said that I will send to you another comforter. They were so used to walking in His presence. They were so used to being with Him that they could just reach out and touch Him. Any question that ever crossed their mind, they was able to ask. But listen, He told them that there would be a day that He'd be gone. But though He be far in that heavenly world, and though He be seated at the right hand of God, our God has not forgotten His children, and our God has not left His children here in this life alone to walk in the dark, wondering if we're all right. He's not left us here to wonder if we're really His children. He's not here left us to wonder, am I truly saved? There's a way that you can know that you're a child of God. And it's through His Spirit tonight. And it's through His power. Now, they over here, He said that they sought proof. 
They sought some kind of proof that he had, that Paul had really been called to preach. They sought some kind of proof that what he was saying was truly the words from the Lord. And he begins to ask them a hard question that I'm going to ask you tonight. He said, examine yourselves and see that you be in the faith. Listen, it's good for us every now and then. And it's good for you tonight that's here that has questions. You can know. Listen, you don't have to stay in the dark. You don't have to wonder, am I really alright? There's a way you can go without a shadow of a doubt. There's a peace that can be had that passes all understanding. You can know where you stand with God. God's not far from you tonight. And it's the devil who is the one that causes confusion. Yes, sir. You don't have to be confused about your estate with God. Listen, I'm not confused when I walk into my mom and daddy's house that I'm my daddy's son. I share his last name. Listen, I look a lot like him. I like a lot like him. I know that I'm his boy and he's my dad. And it's because I know that that I can go and boldly proclaim to someone else that that's my daddy. Listen, it's no different with God. I'm not a natural son. I wasn't born of an heir of him. But thanks be unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be joint heirs and he's given us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry the father listen he's still my father even though I've been adopted in and I know that he's my father because I know what he's still down on the inside right now you don't have to stay in your state of confusion you don't have to stay in a state of wondering where you stand with God examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Listen, he begins to talk about being a reprobate. That means being a failure. And he said, and I trust that you know that I'm not a failure with God. Listen, I trust in my life that there's been some times that I've been on the mountain. And though I be wicked, though I don't deserve the thing that He gives me, I know that I'm not a failure in the eyes of my God. Because He's looked down on us in love. And He's blessed us with power. And He's blessed us with His Spirit. And you can know that for yourself tonight. You can know that you've been saved and bought by the blood of the Lamb. You know, salvation is something that's so real. And listen, we can spend the rest of our lives preaching what actually happens to you when you get saved. But listen, I want to keep it pretty simple for you tonight. I'm not here for a 15-point theological lesson. I just want to tell you some things that's on my heart. Listen, there is a change. Someone that's truly been saved by the grace of God, there's always a change with that person. Listen, if you tell me that you're saved and you don't bear no fruit of salvation, you don't bear no fruit of the Spirit, I have a lot of questions for you, friend. Because the Bible tells us that a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. And that a bad tree that don't bear no good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And it says that you'll know them by their works and by their actions. I've met a lot of people in my life that said they were saved. But they was never changed. <laughs> they might have been down and had some preacher take them by the hand. They might have been somewhere and repeated a little prayer. They might have been dumped in a water hole somewhere. 
But their life shows no evidence of salvation. Their life shows no evidence of change. You know, Paul said it this way. That the law came and sin revived and I died. There was a time in his life where there was a change that took place in his heart. There was a time in his life where he was alright. Listen, he was happy. He was so lucky. There was nothing that was wrong with him. But there was a fateful day when the Spirit of God come knocking on God's heart. There was a day that it came to him and told him that he was lost and undone. And that still happens to all mankind today. We have a universal experience. If you reach that age of accountability, that all men become lost. There's a moment in time that God speaks to your heart and something changes in that moment. And all that good feeling you had and all that happy-go-lucky carefree disappears. And there's a condemnation and a fear that comes to the heart of man. I can tell you that that moment happened for me as a seven-year-old boy. I don't know exactly the revival that I was in. I don't remember exactly the preacher that was a preaching, but I do remember the change because I was fine one moment and the next I was not. The next I was scared for my life. The next there was a change that took place and the preaching began to bother me. The singing began to bother me. I didn't want nobody eyes on me because they, I felt like they was looking through to my soul and could see where I stood. Do you know what we call that today, friends? We call There's nobody that has to tell you that you're lost. Just the same as nobody can tell you that you're saved. It is a common salvation between man. You don't have to answer for me on the day of judgment. You don't have to answer for your mama. You don't have to answer for your daddy. You have to answer for you. And you will give an account for everything that you've done in this flesh. And you will give an account for the times that you was in trouble and you did nothing with it. You see, that's the best thing about the Spirit of God. I know men look at my style and I'm loud and I move around. Sometimes I say that scares my children. But did you know it goes so much deeper conviction than a natural fear? It goes so much deeper than just saying that preacher's a little loud. I didn't like how I moved so much. It cuts to the heart and it gets down on the inside and there's a trouble that sets up that no matter what I do or how stirred I get up, I cannot put that in the heart of a man. I can tell you about hell, but until God reveals those things to you through His Spirit, it don't bother you. But I can tell you that with His Spirit and with His power, that changed us. And I want to say to you tonight that if you have ever experienced a moment where God has let you know that you're lost, you are just as lost 
and doomed for hell as she'll ever be. Listen, I want to say this to you tonight, and some of you might disagree with me, but I was lost for nine years. I've been exactly in your shape. There was times that I did not always feel in trouble. There was times that I was not always under conviction. There was times that I could push it off, and I felt fine. But just because I could push it off, if I would have drawn my last breath... It don't matter how lost or how good you feel. If there's not been that change on the inside, you will split hell out of them. One day after a while, if you've not been saved, you say He tells you the one time that you lost and you're accountable and guilty from that point forward. Listen to me tonight, friends. You say, well then how do I know that I can be saved? How do I know when that goes away and something has truly happened to me? Listen, just the same way that God revealed Himself to you in the Spirit and let you know that you was lost. Just the same way that that conviction hit you like an eye all at once. Salvation is no different because it's the exact polar opposite. You know, I can tell you, when I was lost and undone, I was in the worst trouble that I'd ever been as a 16-year-old boy. I had never been in that bad of shape as I was on the altar that night at Sycamore Valley. But I can tell you that I know that something happened that night because there was a change that took place. Now listen to me tonight. Bible says that the old creature passes away. The old man passes, it's gone. And it says, therefore we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Just as you were born once in this life and given life, when He says you must be born again and you're born that second time, there's evidence of that life. There's an evidence of my burden. One, my physical body, my appearance, my voice is evidence that I exist. Listen, I have a birth certificate. I don't remember that birth, but I have a birth certificate as evidence on 11 that I was born into the world. And there's evidence that that birth took place at that exact moment. Because it's recorded down. And there's evidence when that change truly comes to someone that's been saved. Because I can tell you, I don't know what you're expecting here tonight out of salvation. I don't know what you're expecting from God. And I don't know what you're expecting to feel. Listen, I know there's folks that said, well, I didn't shout. I didn't see lights. I didn't get carried away. And I did not either. The only thing that happened to me is that I was in the worst trouble that I'd ever been in. And suddenly there was a point that I began to cry out with my heart like I never had. I went out for just a minute and I've got a little space of time I don't remember. And when I come back to myself, all of that trouble was gone. Like that. And there was a peace that was in there. And I don't know what you're expecting out of your salvation. I don't know if you're expecting a, expecting a grand parade. I don't know if you're expecting some great sign, some great miracle out of heaven to let you know that you've been saved. But when you've been lost and changed and regenerated and born anew, you always know it. Always. 
And it's because there's a feeling on the inside. Just the same as this preacher cannot give you that feeling of fear. Just the same as this preacher cannot tell you that you're lost. This preacher cannot tell you that you're saved. But he said, examine yourselves that you may know for yourselves that you may have assurance that you may be sure that you've been saved. You see, I want to tell you what happened to me that night. After I got saved, there's evidence of salvation. You know, the Bible tells us that my sheep know my voice. It says another will they not follow. Another will they not lead after. Listen, my sheep knows my voice. You know, after I got saved that night on the altar... And I come back to myself and I had that peace. Listen, I was still sitting down there on the altar. And you know there was a knocking that came to my heart that I had never felt before. And that knocking was a voice that I clearly understood. And it said, stand up and tell them that you've been saved. You say, oh, the Spirit of God does not speak to man. Yes, He does. He did not leave you here without the comforter. He did not leave you here without direction. You and no, because God speaks directly to your heart. One of the evidences of salvation is being sealed with the Spirit of God and listening to the voice of God and God speaking to you. Listen, I want to say to you tonight that I expected that great joy and I expected those grand things. And all I got was peace. And the devil came to me no sooner than I had been saved and said that was not enough. And I don't know what you're expecting tonight, friends, but I want to ask you, has there ever been a moment where you were praying and in the lowest point that you've ever got? And then suddenly you cried out to God and that was rolled away. And there was peace that come down on the inside. Have you ever had that moment? Examine yourselves to see if you've truly been saved. Bible calls this a common salvation in the book of Jude. It's the same experience with every man. We might take different roads to get there. We might have different journeys to get there. But there is one final destination. There is a straight way and a narrow way. And there's only room for two when you get to that door. And that's you and Christ. And only you and Christ can walk through that door. And when you've walked through and been given the newness of life, you know it without a shadow of now, I want to tell you that my joy did not come immediately. And I don't want that to confuse you tonight. Because people think, oh, and I'd be happy that I'm saved. The people that I've seen saved in my life, they're happy. They shout, they smile, they cry, they weep. They feel something so strong on the inside. Shouldn't I feel happy like that? I didn't feel that joy right away. All I had when I got saved was peace. And God was a knocking on my heart said, stand up and tell it. I promised God when I was down on the altar I'd do anything for Him. And you know that night He saved me about right here down at Sycamore Valley. He said, stand up and tell it. I did not tell it. And even though I walked out of that place a saved man, even though I walked out of that place with a peace that the Bible says passes all understanding, I still didn't have any joy. Now we got outside and I was a dating a girl at that time and she got to asking me, 
what happened to me up on the altar? And I told her. And my mom and daddy got in the car and I told them what happened to me on that altar. <laughs> my mama ran through that hollow that night just rejoicing and praising the Lord. <laughs> there was another sister Thompson there and she shouted. And that's when the joy came. Is after I told somebody about what the Lord did for me. <laughs> and listen, I remember still not being a hundred percent sure until I told you. Now listen to me, friend. You may know that something happened to you. You may have a time and a place where something took place. And no matter how many times you pray, no matter how many times you go back to that spot, you just can't get rid of what happened to you there. You may know that there's that spot in your life, but yet you're still not 100% sure I did not get sure until I told it. And the more that I've rehearsed it, and the more that I've said it, the sweeter it grows to me. And the more that I've tried it out and tried out the Spirit of God and followed Him in faith and stepped out in faith, the greater that that joy has grown. I heard folks tell me that the best they've ever felt was the day they got saved. And it was the sweetest peace I've ever had. But I've been a lot higher in the Spirit since then. And that's part of growing as a child of God. If you're lost, you'll never grow in the Spirit. Did you know once you're saved, a good fruit, or a good tree bears good fruit? Bible says some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, but there is evidence. You know, the Bible says that we know, without a shadow of a doubt, that we passed from death unto life. Know that there was a change because we love the brethren. You know when God saves you, there's a love that comes on the inside of your heart that no man can explain. Listen, after I got saved and after I got that joy and after I told somebody about it, I started wanting to see other people saved. When I was lost and undone, I could have cared less about that. You know, after I got saved and that joy and peace was in there, I started loving the preaching. I used to hate the preaching when I was a lost man. But I started loving the preaching because it was speaking peace and joy and comfort to my soul. I started loving the saints of God that would stand up and testify. I started loving the old songs of Zion where at one time in my life they made me a miserable man. They came a time that that changed. And that's evidence that the things of God no longer torment you. That the things of God no longer share you. But that you like. That's evidence that there has been a change. A lost man don't like coming to church. At least don't like he might like coming to church, but I can guarantee you he don't like being around the power of God. Because it separates you out. And it lets you know where you stand. You get in one spiritual service one time. And that little heart inside of you begins to leap for joy. It begins to get stirred up. And you know without a shadow of a doubt. That you did not manufacture that in your mind. That you can't work something up. But it's God Himself who's speaking to your heart. It's evidence that the Spirit is there. You must be saved and born again. 
And you can know that the Spirit is speaking to you. You know, the Bible tells us that if we are without chastisement, that we are bastards and not sons. You know, there's such a change that happens in a lost person's life that you don't go to the same places that you used to go. Them same old sins that you used to commit, they start to bother you. You know, at one time in my life, there were some things that I could do and I didn't think nothing in the world about it. But since that day and since that change took place, I can't do those things no more because I feel so guilty. Bible says when you get saved that He writes the law of God into your heart. It's no longer on tables of stone. And I know this book will condemn you. But the Spirit of God reaches down and says, My boy or my girl, uh-uh, that's not for you. That's evidence. Being chastised by God is evidence that you're one of His. Because He don't... He's not going to chastise those that's out of their sin. He's not going to tell them that you need to straighten up. He's going to say, be forgiven, be cleansed, be washed, come and be made new. Once you've been made new, there's evidence. You might be in this place tonight and in some doubt, not really know, am I really saved? Try it out. Try it out. If you're waiting for that joy, if you know there's been a time that something happened but you're still waiting for more, you know when that more comes, it's when you tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. There's nothing wrong. Don't you misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with you standing to your feet and beginning to say, Brother Ethan, I remember the night that I was sent to low in sin and I began to pray. And something took place out there. You begin to tell that, and I can tell you what will happen, because it's happened to me every time I've told about being saved. There'll be a little fuss. And there'll be a little joy. And there'll be a little excitement. And that's evidence. You know, God does not lead a lost person to do certain things. He don't lead you to do things. And listen, if you're here and you're in that shape and you're just wondering and He's told you night after night to stand up and tell it, just stand up and tell it. Examine yourself. The devil's not going to tell you to tell somebody that you say it. There's a difference between the real genuine Spirit of God and something fake. (laughs) Bible does say to try the spirits. But there's only one genuine Spirit of God. And if you've ever come into contact with it, there's nothing like it. Amen. Nothing like His voice. Nothing like His peace. Nothing like His joy. You can know without a shadow of a You see, there's evidence. And you might say, there's not been much evidence in my life. There's not been much evidence yet that something has taken place with me. It's because you've not put your faith to the test. You might say you have faith in God. And you might say that you have faith in what He done. But I'll agree with the brother what he wrote. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. I will prove. That's what they were asking Him to do. Prove to us that the Spirit's speaking to you. Prove to us. It's the same thing that we ask a lot of individual when they come and join the church. Give us evidence. Tell us about it. 
that happens that you just can't explain. This brother has fed my soul more than most preachers that I know. Do you know why that is? It's because his spirit has more witness with my spirit. My spirit has got a little bit excited and said, that's your brother. My spirit has got a little bit excited and said, he's feeding you. My spirit's got a little bit excited and said, he's doing right. Listen, I'm telling you. Listen, an evidence of salvation is when somebody testifies that you can feel it too. I'm not no man's judge, but I've met people that say they've been saved, their lives have never changed, there's never been a change in their attitude, there's never been a change in their walk, there's never been a change in their speech, and I have never felt anything in my heart from them and what they've said. And I worry about those folks because there's evidence. Evidence of the new birth. Examine yourselves. Has there been times in your life that God has spoken to you and you know it's Him without a shadow of a doubt? <laughs> That's good evidence. Has they a new joy and a new love and a new gentleness and a new peace and a new enjoyment that has come off? That's evidence. <laughs> Is there times where He spoke to you and said, Testify. Is there times where He spoke to you and said, Go to somebody. That's evidence so that you can examine yourself. According to the mirror of Scripture. I would not put my faith in mom and daddy telling me that I was alright. I would not put my faith in somebody and some preacher saying that I'm alright. But measure up to what the Word of God says. Have you been sealed with His Spirit? Has He spoke to you? Has He helped you? That's evidence. And you can stand on that, friends. You always have been able to. You can stand on that. Because God's not a liar. And if you weren't one of His, He would not be with you. If you weren't one of His, He would not tell you to do things. It's evidence. Examine yourself. Is that you tonight? Is that you that's out there wondering, did really something happen? Try it out. There'll be a, If it's real, if that spotting time is real, and you begin to tell somebody about it, I can guarantee you, by the authority of Scripture, that there will be some joy that comes. You'll no longer be miserable sitting in this house wondering, am I really saved? Wondering, do I really need to tell it? Wondering, why is this knocking here saying, stand up? Try that. That joy will come. And that's the only assurance that you ever need. Are you saved? Are you sure? Get sure. It's too important not to know. It's too important not to be able to stake your eternal life on what happened to you. But if it's happened to you, stand on it. And stand firm in it. Because God, the Bible says, will never leave you. And He'll never forsake you. If you're one of His. While we stand and sing, that's all that's on my heart tonight. I want to be a help to you, friends. Maybe you're here and you just don't know. And you need a little more. Come ask the Lord about it. He can show you one way or the other. But when He does show you, take what 
he says and takes what he gave him and stand on it. Why are we standing? There were 270 in the grave. 270 in the grave. Are you? 